Good evening from Plug Hit Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 522 of F5 Live, refreshing technology for Sunday, March 3rd, 2019. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, Thunderbolt endangers computers, Sony eliminates free games on the PS3, and the internet enhances a hoax. Wherever you are, however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Snapchat um, on any of our live stream partners, livestream.com, uh, Twitch, Mixer, YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope, or uh, any of the podcatchers like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Podcast Play app and the Windows Store, the myriad of other podcatchers like Spotify or the, uh, the interesting new PodCoin, uh, or of course on our website, PlugHitsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Like I said, this here is F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, the flagship show on the Plug Hits Live family of content. We are live on Sunday nights at about 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, we'll go for about an hour. We'll talk about the news of the week, gadgets, gaming, internet, and media. Uh, there are two ways that you can join us. The first is live on Sundays by going to f5live.tv slash join us. And there you can chat with us in uh, one of the several chat rooms. Uh, Mixer, Twitch, and YouTube are the best for us to see them during the show. So if you're on one of those, uh, we'll be able to see and uh, interact with you as the show goes on. And we always like to hear what you have to say. If you can't join us live, that is okay. You can always go to plugkidslive.com slash subscribe and see uh, many of the places where you can join us uh, through syndication. Like I said, including Apple and Google and Podcast Play and the, the PodCoin and a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Uh, with that, Avram, how has your week been? <sighs> busy, busy, busy. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff going on at, at Tom's Hardware. Uh, but, you know, overall good. Uh, things things going pretty well. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of cool a lot of cool stuff we're working on, and um, you know, it's uh, it's a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, like we were talking about last week, there's yeah, there's like been a weird like a surprising influx, at least for me, <laughs> uh, an unusual influx for this time of year of uh yeah stuff in my hands so yeah i'm looking forward to um i was out of the office a couple days and while i was gone apparently a star trek gaming chair came for me to review so (laughs) i'm I'm looking forward to doing a uh to doing some some (laughs) sitting tests (laughs) yeah that's uh that's an unusual situation normally tests require kind of bouncing around from thing to thing yeah yeah (laughs) uh we're starting to review gaming chairs Mm -hmm. uh so i wanted um so that's one that that we've got in uh, that we're getting at yeah you know um so obviously furniture you wouldn't necessarily think of as a tech thing but it's become a tech thing because there's a lot of there's a lot of companies selling it and they're not we're not talking about shares from staples, right? You know, we're talking about companies deliberately targeting them toward, toward gamers. Right. And, and if not, 
if not always just gamers, uh, definitely people who spend a lot of time in that chair. You know, like, I've got kind of a broadcast chair here, which right. took us a while. You know, this was a very specialty <laughs> specialty chair with a warranty on anti-squeak yeah. and all kinds of <laughs> oddities. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of, of interesting chairs aimed at people who spend a lot of time at their computers. So, yeah, that's a pretty natural uh natural fit for you guys yeah i mean i think it's it's fair to say that like anything that's good for gaming is good for good for productivity right yeah. like yeah. A, a good a great gaming keyboard is very often a great a great typing keyboard right. a great gaming mouse could actually be a really good even though it's you know designed for gaming you know some of these mice that have like a million buttons on them those those could be wonderful macros oh, and yeah. uh gaming you know, gaming chair, mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing. The chair doesn't know what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. The chair is not judge you. The chair does <laughs> not say like, I can't believe you were working on a PowerPoint. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to drop my lumbar, lumbar support for you. Cause you're not gaming. You know, I mean, it's so, you know, whether you're, That's whether you're moving the, touching the keyboard because, of, uh, business or pleasure mm -hmm. you know uh these these devices uh and these accessories make uh are, are are fun and good yeah for uh, sure. good for you so i have you know i have a gaming keyboard that i use for programming because i've i've taken the keys down the down the left hand side it's you know it's a standard you know extra key keyboard and i've uh I've turned those keys into things like you know clean solution and rebuild solution and stuff like that so yeah and and it's definitely designed to be a gamer's keyboard, and I don't use it for that at all. So yeah, gaming stuff and productivity stuff tend to tend to be one and the same. Uh, I've and, been yeah. And speaking of things, just real real quick that I've already been testing that yeah I would recommend to anybody for gaming or not gaming uh, is the Kingston. Well, actually, it's not Kingston owns a company. The HyperX, the HyperX Wristrest. It is oh. a fantastic wrist rest. Now, normally, um, normally most companies that make gaming wrist gaming keyboards, they come with their own crappy wrist rest. Yeah. that's hard plastic. Or you can buy something like what I have here, which is like from Staples, and it's like a gel rest right. uh, for twenty bucks. And this is what I normally use. But the Kingston one is actually nicer than even than the Staples ones that I have. It's got like a gel memory foam inside. Uh, it's it's really nice looking. It's nice. got nice stitching, and it's twenty bucks. Oh, wow. uh, which is so. Uh, you know, in fact, they sent me one, and everyone in my office now, you know, people are going out and buying their own <laughs> to, to, to have it because they like it so much. So, but you know, um, if ever there was a testament to a product, it's when yeah. it's when people who have had access to them, especially for review, end up. Yeah end up buying them yeah. or referring the people right around them uh yeah yeah to the this, product it, yeah so anyway it yeah. does you don't have to use a hyperx keyboard or you know it'll work with anything because cool. it's just it's just a standalone wrist rest uh but uh anyway since we were talking about it i, I thought i should mention it yeah well you know let's let's do that uh i have been working on a review for a pair of uh, edifier speakers and uh, Edifier is a company that 
I've been a fan of for a long time. And they, they kind of abandoned uh, the U.S. in in uh, regards to the media. They haven't done any like interaction with the media in a long time. And a PR company that I have a couple of friends at picked up the, the contract to start making a, a making noise in the U.S. again. And so they sent me these speakers. And uh, wow is all I've got to say. The, uh, the like they got a price point of like two ninety nine on them. And they are way better than the price point that they're in. Um, they're they're great speakers, and they've got uh, USB digital direct, so you can just plug them into the USB on the computer and not have to worry about you know computer to analog, analog back to the speaker, and you can you can run it all digital. And the sound quality is fantastic. So I cannot wait to publish that review in the next couple of days because they are. They are good speakers. So great. And and they're good for gaming, which <laughs> puts us back into that category. I've actually been editing with them uh, for a week or so and great reference speakers. So anyway, uh, let's get down to some news. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a uh, new computer, an Xbox One S or X, uh, you're looking for actually some deals. Uh, save $100 and you get an extra free game on the Xbox One X Fallout 76 bundle, which is uh, a pretty, co- pretty good deal on that. Um, but... Uh, laptops and tablets and even VR and AR headsets are all available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So, um, hmm. Everything is fighting me tonight. Not like last week, but <laughs> close. Anyway, um, so I, if you've been following us since the beginning of the year, you know that 2019 is going to be a year that we kind of focus on security stuff. And there have been a couple of security stories this week, and we're going to cover a couple of them. Let's start with uh, anything that plugs into a powered port on a computer (laughs) can potentially be a problem and it doesn't just have to be on a on a computer it can be on your phone your tablet um you know i think i think Avery and i both have vivid memories of a couple of years ago there were a couple of airports that had those charging stations for your phone that it turned out uh, somebody put like a raspberry pi inside of and when you plugged your phone into it it stole your contacts and your photos and your videos off of your phone but but here's the thing though Normally, when you plug your phone into a charger, if it it asks you, do you want charging only or do you want to open your phone up for data? Yeah. So couldn't you just protect yourself? Nah, it was it was using some uh, vulnerabilities, uh, some known vulnerabilities in Android at the time. Um, There, there's always going to be little software is written by humans. Humans are fallible. There's always going to be problems. NASA has the lowest number of errors per per million lines of code and they still smashed a, a 
thing into the surface of Mars. There, <laughs> so yeah. that was <clears throat> they were taking advantage of a of an exploit in Android uh, at that point. But that's the thing: when there are exploits, there are people who will exploit them, and that's what we have this week. Um, uh, there was a discovery that through uh, Thunderbolt, and in particular Thunderbolt 3, which runs over uh, the USB-C port, um, there is a mistake. There is a way to bypass the, um, the built-in security that is designed to prevent exactly this. There's a way to, to bypass, and with what looks like just a standard uh, USB cable over Thunderbolt is able to uh, power itself off of the hu- off of the uh, bus and uh, grab data and uh, send it out over your uh, network connection and can even be used for remote hacking, which is obviously frightening because, you know, you plug in a USB cable, you figure, all right, I have my phone. I know that that's a, a known quantity. That's a, a safe space. I've got my computer. I know, you know, it's made by HP. It's made by Microsoft. It's made by Apple. I know that that's a known quantity. Um, you you just don't think that the USB cable is going to be the thing that, that jumps in the middle and gets you in trouble, right? Yeah, that's that's a pro that that could be a problem. Uh, it would be interesting to see. I mean, this seems like it's just a a, a theoretical. You know, I don't, I, I don't see anywhere where they have they found this in the wild. Um, so it was just, uh, okay. So, so the researchers at um, uh, University of Cambridge, Rice University, and SRI International, um, those three uh, discovered this a number of months ago. Informed. Apple, Google, Microsoft, and the the major Linux distributors about the problem. And then after a safe period of time, uh, presented it at a, I don't remember what the conference was, but they presented it at a conference uh, recently. So theoretically, the problem could have or should have been patched by now. They believe that, that all of the platforms have had enough time to patch the problem. Uh, but you know, you and I know that, that inside of an enterprise getting the latest updates is not guaranteed, or maybe you've got, you know, very specific needs. For example, the computer that you run on here in the studio can't update because of the version of Skype that we use for you. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> so there are some people who have very specific needs and aren't able to run updates but you know you've got enterprise customers who the enterprise locks down updates on both Windows and Mac and then also Android um, until they can be tested internally. So you know it could be a while before before some people get this. So it's possible that this could be exploited and put on the wild. The USB one from what two weeks ago, uh, I believe, was found in the wild though. So, it, which was basically the same idea, except it ran over a standard USB on a USB-A plug instead of Thunderbolt over a USB-C. But, you know, it was basically the same concept, but with a different cause. I, I think, I think the, the important thing here 
is for us to all remember that saving a dollar or two buying a a nonsense cable online from those <laughs> from that list of companies that that Abram put together a couple of months ago with silly names on Amazon. <laughs> Ape man. <laughs> saving the dollar or two by going with with a you know an oddball weird name brand like that is um is officially risky i i think is the is the takeaway here there's there's the possibility that there could be a problem yeah i mean i don't want to overstate that because you know no one no one has um you know, no one has seen it in the wild, and I don't know the incentive for a company that is trying to sell product to to do this. Although, you know, there are a lot of really small companies. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just looking at some of the names here. Ranky. It their their uh their goal may not be to sell product. It might be to to grab data. I it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a. Uh, uh, a brand with malicious hardware on uh, eBay or Amazon. Brexlink. <laughs> Sounds like Brexit or something. Uh-huh, that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> that USB cable is going to leave the the EU. JSAW. Hebe Pow. Covery. Not recovery, just covery. Covery. Nice. I'm just reading some names. Yeah, because there, there are some really goofy ones. And, you know, I'm not saying that they are malicious or that this will ever be exploited in the real world. Um, it's just know that it could be. There's always the possibility because we know that the USB one was uh, and it's not the first USB exploit uh, to actually be taken advantage of by by products. Um, there were flash drives all kinds of flash drives on uh, Amazon a couple of years ago that took advantage of, of an exploit to, to steal data off a computer. So these exploits do make it into the wild eventually. So educated consumer is, is the, is the key. Snow kids, snow kids. <laughs> that. That is the name of a USB cable brand, Snow Kids. <laughs> wouldn't Snow you Snow Kids. Wouldn't you have loved to have been in the room? Yeah, listen. I I learned a little thing or two about this, not a lot, but basically a lot of small uh small-time vendors can buy some of these cables from factories in uh-huh. in Shenzhen and then and then sell them under whatever brand they want. Mhm. Um, although some of these things, I mean, snow kids, I think I've seen a bunch of theirs, so I don't think that they're completely small time. I guess they're, you know, medium time, but anyway, I'm just saying there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of names out there. Snowkidstech.com. Ram pow. Anyway. Wow. Snowkidstech.com is them. <laughs> Fascinating. Looks like they've got 11 products. There you go. Like nearly a dozen. <laughs> Indeed. 
I assumed that it was a dozen, but there's a, there's one space missing on their website. In the middle. Not at the end, like you would expect. There's an empty one in the middle. Anyway, that's weird side tangent. But... Yeah. Educated consumer is is always always our takeaway. You know, know what it is you're buying before you buy it. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Newegg. Whether you're buying an uh, what? Yeah, buying a new computer or upgrading an existing one or even building an all new one, uh, Newegg has everything you need to make that possible. Whether you're looking for a new power supply, motherboard, processor, RAM, uh, or likely the wrist rest that we talked about earlier, you, <laughs> you can find all of it at Newegg. And they have daily deals. Uh, there's usually a storage deal and a monitor monitor deal. Actually, right now they've got eh, an okay deal on a LG monitor, uh, but the deals change every day, and uh, the best way to find those deals and all the products that they offer is to go to pilchpoint.live slash newegg. So, I know that for, for while well, Plug Hits Live has focused on security for the most for the first two months of the year. Avram, you have had an interesting uh, first couple of months with with uh, Raspberry Pi. Yes, yes, that's my focus for this year. So we will talk about nothing else for the rest of the year, okay? Um, but I promise to, like, vary it up by bringing different by bringing different Raspberry Pis on the show instead of always bringing the same one. Um, the, uh, so... You know, it's become a big thing for us now at Tom's Hardware. We're getting the articles that we've done on Raspberry Pi are doing really well. Uh, and we also, you know, I also got to meet and interview Evan Upton, who is the head of Raspberry Pi. Uh, and we took note that um, this pa- that March 1st, it was the seventh anniversary of the Raspberry Pi. Not only was it the seventh anniversary but according to the Raspberry Pi Foundation, which which runs Raspberry Pi, uh, sometime in February, they passed the 25 million mark in, in sales, uh, which makes wow. this one of the most popular computers of all time. Although I should note that that 25 million inclu- is inclusive of all Raspberry Pi models. Right. Uh, so it, that's everywhere from the 1B, which was the first one that uh, that came out in 2012. To the uh, to the three to the three B plus, which is today's flagship. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's 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 an impressive run, and uh, you know we have some numbers too uh, to to talk about. Uh, by the numbers, there have been um, two. There are two Raspberry Pis right now on the International Space Station. Um, they are called Astro Pies. <laughs> <laughs> because they have been specially equipped to, um, to you know, uh, be a little more durable for space, and they have uh, the sensor, uh, the sensor hat on them, and kids can actually go and submit programs to be run on them, uh, and they will be run on the International Space Station. 
so they've been there since 2015. Uh, but uh, supposedly they got an update a couple uh, in 2017 or 18. Anyway, uh, so the Astropies, you can actually uh, learn more about how you or a classroom students could submit their code uh, to the program at astro-pi.org. Uh, so the uh, five, uh, you know, five EOL products, the Pi Foundation never EOL, ne- never end of life, tries to never end of life anything. So in their history, they've only end of life a couple of things. Even so, you can still buy really super old model Raspberry Pis, like Raspberry Pi 1A plus and 1B plus, just in case somebody wants them. You, uh, in case you're a company or something, you've been making products based on them or something like that. Uh, now, if you're a regular person who just wants to get started with Raspberry Pi, do not buy anything below the three B, the the three B plus, three A plus, or or zero uh, W. Those are those are the best. Uh, those are the current models to get. Uh, but but uh, they don't end of life stuff if they can help it. Nine grams. This Raspberry Pi Zero W I hold in my hand, my favorite kind of Raspberry Pi because it's so small and cheap. Uh, you can get it for five dollars at Micro Center. Um, is uh, weighs just nine grams. Uh, so really, really lightweight. And as we mentioned in a in a prior segment, uh, you know. Yes, if you got somebody to try to plug their thing in here to charge it, you could turn this probably into a hacking station if you wanted to. Uh, but it's more <laughs> fun to turn it. It's more fun to use the pins on these for um, for other things like building your own robot, building your own lights. Uh, the project my son and I have really uh, done the most work on so far is building our retro arcade machine, mm. which is done. Uh, you know, which has all the like crazy arcade buttons and the old arcade stick. Um, and we were able to do that with a Pi 3B. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there are 15 different, there have been 15 different Pi models that came out, like I said, but wow. uh, the one that, um, the one that you, the ones that people should, most people listening here should get are if money, if, you want the top of the line, uh, and it's like thirty to thirty-five dollars. Although you usually want to buy them in a kit, so you get the power, uh, you know, you get the USB power supply and maybe a case and all that stuff. Uh, but you want the three B plus, um, or the or the three or the three uh, A plus, which is uh, a little bit cheaper and has half the RAM and a little smaller, or my personal fave, the Zero W. <laughs> um, the uh, thirty-five dollars. Uh, their thirty-five dollars is the MSRP of the three uh, the three B plus, uh, and is interesting because that was the MSRP of the original Pi One B, and the comp and the Raspberry Pi Foundation strives to not raise their top line model above thirty-five U.S. dollars, even though. $35 today is the equivalent $35 and $2012 is really the equivalent of $38 today. So even with inflation, uh, they are still giving you faster, you know, better computers for the same price. 
Um, 40 GPIO pins. These are the most important things about any Raspberry Pi, in my in my opinion, because yes, you could use these as a computer, and you can use them, and you could like surf the web and whatever you, you know, runs uh, runs a very robust version of Linux uh, called Raspbian. But the real fun is to do things that you wouldn't do with your PC. So you can connect lights, motors, sensors to these things, and you can program them. In Python, and you can create all kinds of little gadgets with it, and that's where the that's where the real the real fun is with with Raspberry Pi, uh, and that's why uh, over 250,000 kids every week take part in Raspberry Pi competitions, clubs, or or other programs, according to the Pi Foundation. Wow! So uh, so this has been a really big this is a really big uh, you know. Big trend. I really recommend uh, to people who haven't had the fun of like learning about and playing with this stuff uh, to to get a Raspberry Pi and and give it a try. Uh, we are going to be provide we we have a bunch of articles about Raspberry Pi on, on Tom's Hardware, but we're going to be get putting up some uh, beginner articles this week to help people get started. Although we're hardly the first to do that, there's a lot of great resources out there for people to learn and. You know, the real, uh, you know, you don't get to re no matter how geeky you are, no matter how much money you have, you're probably not rebuilding your PC every week or, or every month. But with Raspberry Pi, you can build new projects all the time. It's fun to do with your kids. And, you know, there's just a lot of there's some even some practical things you could do doing things like creating a retro, you know, a retro gaming system for yourself or, you know, a security camera you can build with it robots that move things it's definitely um there's a lot of useful uh useful useful uses for these things uh and uh i i really recommend people check them out obviously there's a lot of sites that sell raspberry pi uh if you live near a micro center in the u.s uh and there's like 20 of those that is the best place to go you got to go there in person because they in the store they sell them cheaper than any place else. Uh, like you could buy this one for five bucks, uh, and normally online it's a lot more, so it's a little bit more. But um, anyway, uh, that's my that's my spiel. We'll get back to some other stuff uh, uh, next time. But I, I have to say, for those who haven't tried it yet, uh, really, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and and everybody who's into computers should 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 own a Raspberry Pi. Okay, so how many did you say they just hit? 25 million. 25 million. And when you take into consideration that the intention was not to build a product. Yes. So the, the story behind it, by the way, is that for those who didn't know it, uh, Evan Upton, the guy who founded uh, Raspberry Pi, was a professor at Cambridge University found that not enough people were students were applying for computer science. They had, they weren't getting as many applications as they wanted. So he thought, oh, why don't there's just not enough kids who have computers that they can like really hack and play around with. So let's try to come up with a really inexpensive computer that is good that is good for that. Uh, but as soon as people started learning about it, there was a huge contingency. He thought that maybe they would make a thousand of them. And that would be the entire run forever. Um, but once 
once they saw the demand for it and the demand wasn't just primarily kids, it was adult makers. Uh, they realized they had to mass produce them and you know, the, the rest is history. But yeah, originally they intended to only make a thousand of these because the only goal was to get more people in the UK to apply to Cambridge university, not more people to study computer science in general, more people to apply to Cambridge University's computer science program. So um, they've obviously exceeded that goal uh, tremendously. Uh, I do understand that Cambridge now has more computer science students. Uh, whether the Raspberry Pi is responsible for all the applicants, I don't know. <laughs> it's such an interesting origin story to, to go from maybe, maybe we'll put out a thousand of them to they just hit 25 million. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it seems a little strange that you would go through all that effort just to increase the number of, <laughs> just to get a few more people to apply. Like it seems like, you know, you had to get, it, it's, 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 it's weird, <laughs> but it's wonderful because, because what they've created is, you know, become yeah. a gift to the world and, yeah. you know, not just kids but, but everybody and they've, and they have embraced it. Like, you know, when I talked to the founder, Evan Upton, who's still in charge of developing new ones, like he, he's, you know, he's very happy that, you know, that there are a lot of serious, uh, people using it for adult stuff. And by the way, he said about half of their sales are industrial, which means mm -hmm. their companies putting these raspberry Pis in products that people use or using them for, <laughs> you know, production in some way. So, you know, they, these are, these are, these are dead serious, real computers. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not, um, they're not just, they're not just toys. At our, the first time I encountered, uh, somebody who had built a product around the raspberry Pi was at our first collision in 2015. It was obviously it was fairly early in the, in the rise of raspberry Pi. Um, and it was also fairly early in the rise of, uh, of Airbnb <laughs> and somebody put the two together and created a device for Airbnb managers to be able to deal with check-in and all of that at a facility without having to, uh, be there. Yeah. There's a, just a lot of things you could do with it. And I just have to admit, like, the the challenge of achieving new stuff with it like how do i figure out how to do this thing that i haven't done with it before is is the fun like it's you know now i'm sure there are people are you know there's some people who are probably uh you know a little bit more experienced than me and are probably saying like eh, i know how to do it all i'm just going to go and do things with it for practical reasons and that's great too but uh you know when i'm trying to come up with hey like you know, my son and I have been trying to figure out how to, like, create an on-off button for our retro system because it doesn't naturally have one. Like, the little things like that are like, oh, man, it's it's fun to do this. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, before uh, before we wrap, where can people find uh, all of your content? So you can find uh, all of our Raspberry Pi coverage at uh, tomshardware.com, including a rumor roundup about the Raspberry Pi 4 that – will probably not be coming out until 2020, but we have everything uh, that's known about it so far. And uh, so so check it out. Cool. Well, 
obviously you know that this is a, a topic that I enjoy. I've got a, a couple of them. I got a whole box of Arduinos. I've got <laughs> the the, yeah. make, the maker world is something that I'm heavily involved in personally and through Amrock. So this has been a, a fun series of conversations. <laughs> yep. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game on both PC and on console. Uh, they've got it all. And whether you're looking to get a, a keyboard or a, a mouse like we use here in the studio, or you're looking for uh, something like the Razer Phone, which right now is $300 off the Razer Phone 2. Uh, but they've also got some other deals. There's a... Uh, St. Patrick's event going on right now, which totally makes sense when you know that Razor's logo is bright lime green. Makes sense for them to associate themselves with St. Patrick's Day. And so they've got a whole bunch of products on special, and uh, so it's a great time to check out what they've got by going to f5live.tv slash Razor. <laughs> I, I love that they've They've been like, yeah, you know what? Our brand is green. Let's go with St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> anyway, um, so something that is both a surprise and not a surprise uh, this month is that Sony has officially ended um, PlayStation 3 and PS Vita uh, games in their PlayStation Plus subscription. For those who don't know... Um, PlayStation Plus, like Xbox Live or Switch Online or um, Twitch Prime, uh, for being a subscriber, you get uh, a couple of free games every month. And uh, until now, they supported PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, and PS Vita. And this month, that changes. Uh, PlayStation 3 and Vita are gone, and officially the only games... Uh, the only platform that will get free games going forward will be the PlayStation 4. Now, they announced this exactly a year ago. It was uh, February 28th of 2018. They announced that you were that they were in their final 12 months of PS3 and uh, Vita support. Uh, but the thing that the thing that's interesting about this for me is the fact that as they are ending support for ps3 microsoft and nintendo seem to have like gone full bore on on classic stuff in their in their free offerings you know the switch online free games are entirely nes right now i think um and microsoft one of the microsoft games that's available uh this month is star wars republic commando which was released in 2005 on the original xbox uh they're they're literally bringing original xbox games for the 360 and the xbox one which obviously is a very different business model than what than what sony's doing now that's not unusual sony is known for having a different business model than everybody um 
But what what do you think, Avram? Do you think that this is going to cause them cause them problems? Because it's not like it's not like Xbox Live or Switch Online, where to play online you have to have Plus uh, on like the PS3. Well, so you had an interesting thing for me because I um, I am one of the I don't I guess I wouldn't say one of the few people, but you know my son and I still play on a PS3. That's our that's our console right now, um, but uh, but we don't have plus. Uh, I I have a feeling that Sony has done the math on this and figured out that they don't have a lot of subscribers uh, that are PS3 users, as it is, or at least PS4. that are, or at least that are three exclusive. Right. The other thing to keep in mind here is that PS4 can't play PS3 games. Right. So. This is different than Xbox, where you can play old Xbox games on a new Xbox. So you could play like original Xbox or Xbox 360 games on an Xbox One, as which they, as they get ported in. Oh, you mean what? What do you mean? You can't you can't just buy the uh, not a hundred take the blue not a hundred percent. But you you can take can you take the old Blu-rays and do it, or you can't? Well. Uh, 360 was DVDs, but no. Um, oh yeah. The game, the game has to support playing on the Xbox One. Now, granted, there are several hundred games at this point, um, from big games to small titles that are all supported, but uh, it's not it's not a guarantee. I see. Well, the the backward support is much better, right? It exists. The, uh... It exists at all. Right. Uh... Whereas on PlayStation, they do not. So this is kind of an kind of annoying. I find as a you know console gamer now, I find this the most annoying thing about console gaming versus PC gaming. You do, nobody ever has this issue with PC gaming where they're like, oh, I got a new PC, so I can't play the games I had on my <laughs> previous PC. Like that's just not thinkable. D- despite now, despite what Gabe Newell at a uh, Valve tried to convince people when windows eight came out, but that's neither yeah. another. <laughs> I mean, I guess there, I know there's some issues where I think if you, I think if you take a game that was designed to play on like an original PC, I think you might have to do something to make sure it's not like overwhelmed by the speed. You, but, um, you would almost certainly have to run it in a, in a toned down VM maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, cause I, I think I tried that once a long time ago. Try to like run like original Castle Wolfenstein on like a 486 or something, and it like, you know, I I tried it, it plots. I tried to play Populous one time on a on a Windows Vista machine, and the computer was so fast that you couldn't even play. Like the the civilization built up so fast before you clicked your first time, it was <laughs> it was unbelievable. Right. So, you know, but generally the architecture is is there. Right. Whereas with whereas with PlayStation, especially mm-hmm. you can't you can't play. You can't go back. So I kind of get where Sony is coming from. How many people are are really spending a lot of money on their PS3s right, right. now um, C- as it stands? Certainly on PS3 only. Now. Because of their, uh, because of Sony's crappy um, backward support, that's why the next console that my son and I get to upgrade from our PS3 
will probably will almost certainly be an Xbox One because we like the idea that that the company continues to Microsoft continues to support continuity of mm-hmm. you know old games yeah. at least in some fashion. Whereas on 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 Sony, I guess thinks that. Every time you, every time they change the platform, you should have to rebuy everything that you want to play. Which, which gets us back to the very different business model that Sony has compared to, um, compared to Microsoft in particular. Yeah. Now, of course, they have not announced their plans for the PlayStation Five. Right. So. Whenever the PlayStation 5 comes out, who knows, maybe they will make it backward compatible with the 4. But, um, you know, the original 3 was backward compatible mm-hmm. with the 2. And then they sort of, fa- then then after they updated it. So I actually, when I bought my PlayStation 3, which is, I bought used, uh, I made, I deliberately got the old big one so uh-huh. I could, because I was upgrading from a 2. Me too. Um, so, you know, but anyway, I guess I guess the point is it's it's probably not hurting and hurting that many users, not enough uh, people for it to matter for for it to matter, at least uh, to but, Sony. But it probably I, matters to those players, but not enough to matter to Sony. Yeah, I mean, I guess to reach back into uh, the pilch point we had tonight where we're t- talking about how. Raspberry Pi still actively manufactures uh-huh. the Raspberry Pi 1A plus and 1B plus and two like Raspberry Pi, I think 2A and B or whatever, mm-hmm. like, and they don't cost any less uh-huh. because they're older. So, and they're still, you know, they're still making them, making them fresh. It's not like old, old inventory. Uh-huh. So, and they do it just because there's somebody out there who might want it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some company is, who has based a, a product around the one B. Yeah. And so I, 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 I guess, I mean, I don't know why they won't want to update, but you know, uh, that's their, you know, so it's, it's interesting. Like they have the, the opposite philosophy of Sony where it's mm-hmm. like, we're just going to keep supporting this stuff in perpetuity for as long as we can, yeah. for as long as it for makes sense. Lo- for as long as we can, for as long as other vendors will sell us the stuff. Right. Right. I mean, they, at, what, at some point, a processor is going to stop being manufactured. and They're going to be. Right. Like, out. I. Yeah. I mean, apparently what happened a couple of products that three out of five of the products that Raspberry Pi had to foundation at the end of life was because the vendor that sold them <laughs> a part end of life on them mm-hmm. so like it, that you know the, so there's the, nothing, the, nothing you can do about that yeah exactly so um it's it's actually interesting because it reminds me of of sony in the ps3 days um they had announced the ps4 before they fully and most people don't know this before they fully stopped manufacturing the ps2 um because something about the hardware in the PS3 prevented them from being able to sell it in Brazil. <laughs> and so they continued to manufacture the PlayStation 2 specifically for sale in Brazil. You know, a few years ago, <laughs> and I will 
diverge only with this. A few years ago, I did one of my favorite articles ever, and I have not been able to find a reliable source to do a new version of it. Okay. The article that I did back in, I think it was 2013, was like products you can't believe people still buy. Like, uh-huh. and, you know, or, and basically you can't believe they're still actively for sale as new products, not, you know, not on eBay used. And, you know, it's, it was interesting to note, like companies still making dot matrix printers and things like that. So, you know, if I could find a source, if anybody has a good source of this type of sales data, uh, I would love to do that story again. It was the, <laughs> the CEA. Someone at the CEA uh, did me a solid and, you know, gave me some data about that. But I think the, that that person no longer works there and I have not been able to find anybody mm-hmm. else who could give me like numbers about things like how many VHS tapes are still for still being made and, you know. Weird, weird things like that. Yeah, that you, you'd have to you'd have to reach out to T T X T. What was the company that, that was the big manufacturer of cassettes? T something. Anyway, I I imagine they're still they're still out there for for some reason. But it, yeah, it's always interesting to find out that something that you just assumed was long gone is still. Not just being sold, but still being manufactured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like somebody has to, somebody has to keep cranking that out. Uh, and then there's some uh, cassettes. Uh, apparently, audio cassettes are back. Why? I, I don't know. I, I didn't perform that interview at CES, and so I was not able to grill Crosley on why they've started manufacturing cassette players again. All right, I this is this is fascinating. We'll have to we'll have to yeah. try and I'll have to try and find out about that. <laughs> anyway, uh. this week's news from the tubes on F Five Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let these guys do it for you. <laughs> Bill, no- what? Mike Nelson, Bill Corbett, and Kevin Murphy, the former stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000, are back and doing what they do best, creating commentaries for Hollywood blockbusters and B-movie oddities. I'm sorry, I'm so distracted. Something is about to come out of a football. Um, I don't even know what movie that's for. So let's uh, use The Sorcerer's Apprentice again. Uh <laughs> The way it works is for a couple of dollars, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to live, and laugh. Um, From time to time, they mix it up with some live events. There's a Kickstarter going right now uh, for the 2019 live event. It will be the Giant Spider Invasion, Star Raiders, and Octoman. Lordy, that one looks bad. Anyway, um, they've also got some short films... Uh, industry films, you know, reasons why springs are important or why you shouldn't touch a power transformer is, I think, what that one just was. Uh, to find out all the short films, the movies, and the live events that are coming up, you can go to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. I don't... I think that little boy just caught fire. 
I never know what is going to happen during this promo, and I apologize. It is sometimes distracting. Anyway, um, so we've talked over the last year uh, about a number of issues uh, relating to COPA, or the uh, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, which was uh, passed in 1998 and amended in 2012. Basically, uh, the thing that most of us know about COPA, we may not know that it's part of this, but most people know about COPA is uh, that rule that you have to be 13 to sign up for most services. And that is because the law says that you cannot collect all kinds of information about um, anybody under the age of 13. Uh, for example, their name, their phone number, their location, their browser history, things like that, uh, cannot be collected by anybody under 13. Uh, there was an issue uh, last April with uh, YouTube, and then the late April we talked about some problems in uh, Google Play. All of those kind of pale in comparison to um, to the topic we're going to talk about tonight, um, and that is because YouTube, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram—they were all passively ignorant about what was happening. Um, this company uh, was actively knowledgeable about what was happening and knew that they were breaking the law and did not care. Uh, the company, you probably recognize the brand Musical.ly, which has been gone for about a year when it was purchased by a Chinese company uh, whose name I do not remember. It's a strange name. But the brand that it exists as today is called TikTok. Uh, Beijing Bite Dance. That's the, the bizarre name of the company. Beijing Bite Dance uh, owns TikTok and musically became TikTok. And um, so they received a $5.7 million fine from the Federal Trade Commission for violating COPA. So here's what happened. They actively recruited uh, users who were under 13 and, as part of the sign-up process, required users to enter real name, email address, phone number, and profile picture to sign up, did not have any process for getting parental approval for an account, and, by default, made... Uh, profiles of minors public and even if which included uh, you know all of your videos and all of that and if you made it private uh, it still showed the profile picture the username and you could still message the uh, account with a private message all of which is obviously uh, both violation of COPA and uh, terrifying. That is such a weird and scary situation that that you know doesn't really exist on even if you you deal with with like Facebook and things like that. If a if it's a child account, you know there are certain protections that are put on top of it. But on Musically and TikTok, nope. And on top of that. The company received thousands of parental complaints, which they ignored, and had a uh, 
had a public inquiry because seven of the top 10 most popular accounts on the platform were all children under 13. Yikes. Yeah, not, not good. Uh, you know, oh, I don't even want to, to people to know how old this makes me, but I remember when Copa <laughs> passed. I do too. I, I remember, I remember when Copa, the law that they're violating the child online privacy protection act passed and I was working for about.com and they had to make a lot of changes to be uh-huh. compliant with Copa. You know, there was, there were a lot of things that were like, you know, they had forum registration and things like, and they had, um, you know, chat rooms and things like that, that were like wide open. And then uh-huh. they had to take steps to, to really change things, to be compliant with Copa. Yeah. So, you know, there, there were a lot got- of, ser- there were a lot of services that, you know, had to make some really big changes. And there were some who just decided that it wasn't worth it. Like, uh, uh, Yahoo chat shut down for like two and a half years. I believe that. I don't know if if it was Copa that was the straw that broke the camel's back, but they, we had, they had like open chat rooms on about.com for a long time and then, and decided around that time to, to, to get rid of them, which I thought was a really good idea. Yeah. yeah, getting rid of them. That is, uh, but um, so yeah, you know, like TikTok, you gotta, um, you shouldn't be doing that. It, it's not uh, like it's not like it's a new thing. It's not like it's 1999, and you know, online services don't know about this. They've only had 20 years to right. get to get the message. Uh, the 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 other thing though to keep in mind is, I mean, one of the things that I'm sort of thinking of. I mean, my my son is six, and you know we've got a daughter who's, you know, a baby. So, uh, you know, we haven't really encountered, you know, we'll let them be on social media yet. Uh, I don't even let my son like go on, go on line or surf the web or anything by himself. But which we'll talk about you know, a little bit in the next topic. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it seems to me that anybody who wants to, who's under 13, which is the the sort of the, the line for COPA. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, over 13, you can 13 or over. You can give data, I think. Um, but the, but there are other the, there are other restrictions like a profile has to be uh, private by default until eighteen and things like that. Ah, uh, but but like, what's to stop you from saying that you're thirteen when you sign up? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That was always my my objection to COPA is that it's it's kind of uh, myopic in that. Do you, how many people do you really think are going to uh, how like comp the businesses are supposed to comply with it, mm-hmm. but how many users are going to comply with it? Right, right, absolutely. Um, and if you need if you need any 
evidence on that topic right there. Just uh, open up any of the dating apps. And, and, and here's the thing, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, tell it to you, you know, honestly, like my there are a lot of apps, for example, that my son has to has to use that my son uses. Right. Sure. Like, we'll we'll get a robot mm-hmm. or game or, or something like that. And they will ask for your birthday, for your birth date. You know, I feel like some of these things don't really need to ask for user information. But some of them will have you create create an account. Yeah. You know, like we were recently testing out like a, a battle robot or something that is, you just you control the robot with your phone. Mm-hmm. And it wanted to know, like, how old are you? Right. And I put in like and I knew if I put in my son's actual age, it would give me some give uh-huh. me some some growth. Right. It probably, probably either refused to work or it would say like send in a parental permission note or something uh-huh. I, you know, like I'm not sending these people a note like, <laughs> and you're, so, and you're thinking I, I'm the one in signing up right now. Right. So, so what happens? I, I sign up, uh-huh. you know, and I, and you know, I don't want them to have my actual birthday either. So I'll give them a, like an adult age, you know, yeah. but I'll give them an adult age, right. you know, just to avoid any hassle. So, you know, uh-huh. it's so I, I kind of find the I I just want to say I kind of find some of these things a little bit odd because yes, yeah. these companies are not supposed to target children, but I also think that realistically, a lot of times with a lot of different things, people sign up and they say, "Hey, I'm Absolutely. older than 13." Absolutely. Uh, so that they don't get a hassle when yeah. they when they register. Which was, you know, we talked about uh, last, I think it was August, we talked about how uh, Facebook had gone on kind of the offensive on that um, and started looking for, uh, actively looking for accounts that they believed had uh, lied on their sign-up uh, versus passively waiting for people to, to report them. They started to go uh, more active on it. Um, and, you know, Google has done some of the same stuff on YouTube. And we know uh, just this past week, we talked about it last week with um, with the, the weird use of comments on YouTube. Uh, Facebook went so far as to uh, turn off any commenting on a video that includes um, a kid under a certain age. Whoop. No more comments. The end. Bye bye. Um, which obviously has its ups and downs, uh, but TikTok was going the other way. The The thing that got them in trouble, where this almost $6 million fine came from, was the fact that they were actively recruiting uh, kids under 13 and actively promoting accounts of kids under 13 um, without any of the the stuff that would be required to allow that to happen. So that was that was the thing that got them in trouble, you know. Like we said, you know, Facebook was passively violating it, Instagram passively violating it, Google was too, but musically and TikTok were active about it. They knew what they were doing and uh just did not didn't even try to hide it. So 
you know, if you if you screw around with this stuff, uh, eventually it's going to bite you. And uh, this week for TikTok, it did. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Uh, in addition to your basic benefits, you get a couple of cool things that not everybody knows, like Amazon Prime Music, which is a couple of million tracks available to stream for free as part of your Prime subscription. Uh, there's Avram's favorite Prime Video, which has TV and movies and documentaries, both original content and licensed, some of the HBO back catalog, all kinds of stuff available, again, to stream for free uh, as part of your subscription. Then there's my favorite, which is Twitch Prime, which, like we discussed with PlayStation Plus uh, earlier, gives you free games uh, every month, and you get one free uh, subscription that you can use to subscribe to any channel and help support uh, content creators that you that you like. You can use that to subscribe to Pluckets Live or any other uh, Twitch channel, and there's a whole lot more, uh, and we've put together a list of some of our favorite features, and we've given you quick links to get to them, so if you've never used them before, uh, you can get to them easily, and uh, if you're not already a Prime subscriber, we've also got a 30-day free trial, and all of that is available by going to f5live.tv slash prime. So, we teased this a little bit a second ago. Uh, so the internet did what it does best this week. And I think that's, uh, confused the uninitiated, uh, <laughs> the internet is really good at, um, creating weird things. And if you're not prepared for the weirdness that is the web, uh, it can confuse you this week. Uh, something, uh, a meme from a year ago that, that was never actually really especially popular, uh, grew into a monster and it's the Momo challenge. Now, let me start out by saying that the challenge itself, the Momo challenge itself never existed. Um, the, a number of child privacy groups, uh, have all done research on it. YouTube has done research on it and, uh, Facebook, right? Facebook owns WhatsApp. Uh, which is where it originally started, have all done research and said, yeah, this thing was was a, a meme all along. If you don't know what it is, uh, there was a sculpture made by a Japanese um, prop, uh, like a uh, TV and film prop maker of a weird woman with big bulgy eyes. And it was said, I guess, that this sculpture had the ability to text. I don't, and I don't know, that... Very strange. And that it was trying to teach kids to harm themselves. It It's a v very, very dark concept. Um, but here's the thing that happened this week. A website, which I won't give partially because the website is currently gone and partially because I don't want to give them any traffic, um, posted an anonymous article claiming to be written by a parent doctor that said that uh, she had been watching a video on YouTube kids and it was a cartoon and halfway through the video, a guy walked out and um, 
taught the kids, taught the viewer uh, how the proper way to kill themselves. Now, the article cites absolutely no references, had no link to a video, um, did not have even a name of the person who wrote it. Um, and after that, after that post gained a little bit of traction, every, well, not every, but a lot of publications without doing any background research, uh, ran with it as if it was fact, which, uh, is, uh, a huge annoyance of mine, uh, verify before whatever. Anyway. Um, and so even big publications like the Washington Post and the New York Times ran articles about the dangers of the Momo Challenge. And it got to the point where uh, schools, uh, including uh, Avrams, sent out warnings to parents. And here in the Tampa area, one of our utility companies sent employees an email warning about it which is a very strange combination of things i even had a uh, a very good friend who's actually been on the show before uh who who read and saw that that sites like the washington post had written about it and obviously was worried because he saw a legitimate name post something and worried that it was a legitimate thing which it never was, and mass hysteria was created. Avram is trying to show us a thing. What are you trying to show us right now? Okay, so I guess it's backward. These are the these are the text alerts that I get from my son's mm. school district. Okay, anytime anything of any consequence ever happens, uh-huh. and anything's of of no consequence happen, I get a text from them. Sure. Okay? I get texts from them saying that this, you know, school important stuff like schools canceled for snow. Sure. Uh, and uh, and then I get like dumb stuff like we've got like five different texts to them about issues with their email server and like if you're emailing the teacher, their email address changed like three different times. But I got one like a couple days ago that I was pointing out here. That says, and I guess it's backwards if I put it up here, it says, Not for Momo us. Challenge. Oh, we, not for you? No, okay. for us, we can see it. Okay, it says, Momo Challenge on Fortnite. YouTube is, danger- is dangerous for our kids! Exclamation point. It encourages self-harm and suicide! Exclamation point. Please monitor your children. And in fair uh, and in fairness, that last statement I totally agree with. What monitor your children? Absolutely. Yes, but <laughs> so so I got this, and I immediately I had not heard of this, and I okay. immediately googled googled it because I thought the school would at least have done that, and then I found all the information saying that it's a hoax because I was not up on this meme until I got this this message the other day. Um, and my wife and I had a discussion about this, too, because I said to her, I said that I I, almost, I feel like this is like a no reply SMS, but I, I kind of feel like messaging them back and saying, like, you dummies, like, read Snopes before you send this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the you know, you're you're creating a panic for all the like 
thousands of parents probably who are in the school district mm-hmm. uh, seeing it. I mean, granted, it's no more. It's not a really specific panic for, um, you know, it's not a really specific panic for that school district. But, you know, there are some people who are going to see it and talk to their kids. Johnny, don't watch out for the Momo on, you know, that that crazy, you know. Now, the thing about something like this is it could happen. Like there are people who have been known to put up seemingly legit videos and put strange content in the middle of them. Absolutely. For so sure. it I, I believe there have been things where people have put up stuff that was seemingly targeted toward kids and then you get a few minutes in and all of a sudden something crazy uh-huh. inappropriate happens. Absolutely. So, Which brings us back so, to definitely monitor what's happening so, on your kids so, online. So this could happen, but there's no evidence that this particular thing actually has happened. Right. Right. And the thing that so, was most interesting about all of it was the original ar- article. I'm going to call it an article in, in sarcasm quotes. Um, the original post had no reference to any of this and somehow it spiraled into this over the following like 48 hours it went from a parent a theoretical parent claiming that she saw a video with a guy giving instructions on on how to commit suicide and somehow it it spiraled into this this thing that hadn't been mentioned in a year yeah well did kim kardashian or some of the kardashians post about this probably a lot of people posted about it i saw it on social media all week long but these other people aren't influencers (laughs) remember one of these remember that the the fire festival was uh (laughs) was created (laughs) became a thing because of that aren't square from Kylie Jenner, right? So it wasn't it Kylie Jenner was a couple um, of those people. So uh, yeah, among among others, there were uh, right what three hundred and eighty something or whatever. But yeah, listen, I I just had to say, this. who are the people who are looking to the Kardashians for advice? Uh, yeah. You know, parenting advice, uh, lifestyle advice. I don't know. I I don't I, I don't get. It. You, you, I, I just don't. You named your kid Northwest. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I'm not I, interested in your parenting I'm advice. Not, I'm, I'm, I, I, no, it's not just them. I'm just not interested in this whole influencer uh-huh. culture. Yeah. Like, it, it, I'm just not interested in, in that. Like, and I, I and want, this is, this is coming from, from two people who, who, if you, if you go look online, will see, have, have influencer cred in the tech industry. And I'm with you. I'm not, I don't I mean, care. People should always listen to what I say, but, uh, <laughs> but just me, maybe you too. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but, um, but, but seriously, like, like it's, yes, it's good to get opinions from people who are experts on a topic. Sure. Uh, you know, and I would, hazard to say that you and I are experts on the tech topic. Do not take our advice for other stuff. <laughs> but uh, but the uh, but, but you know I think you've got to look look at the context. Like 
don't take parenting advice from someone who is not a parenting expert. Right. Uh, you know, or at least it, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's all kinds of parenting advice, but this isn't even, this is just people <laughs> spreading a hoax. Okay. Yeah, yeah and exactly. It happens a lot. It, it happens a lot. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But these things, I think the worst thing about it, and this is a conversation I have with my wife, she said, well, I guess better safe than sorry. And I disagree with that because if you are spreading something like this that is demonstrably false, uh-huh. even though it could happen, right, You, but there's no evidence that it has happened, I think that you are taking the, the wind out of the sail of actual of actual problems yeah. that people really need to pay attention to. We all know the parable of the boy who cried wolf. Yes. So I I I think that the school should have done its homework. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> intended, and and done a simple Google search would have revealed that Snopes and other sites or whatever that document scams or, or, or you know, hoaxes uh-huh. tell you it's a hoax. Do not text this out to thousands of parents. Yes. And without without any further explanation either. Right. Right. Because if this was a real thing to be wary of, shouldn't they then like give me a link or something? Yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. To read or like it's it's just raw panic. Uh huh. Because. Yes. If who is this Momo? Like I had to go Google it because uh-huh. I hadn't heard of it. I encountered it. So, I encountered it in 2018 when, when, uh, what's the what's the questionable British site? Not the Guardian. The other one. The, the Sun. It might be the them. Observer? I, uh-huh. I think it's one of them. Uh, they claimed that uh, some 12 year old girl in the UK had committed suicide as part of the Momo challenge, and that created the the original panic a year ago. And then, obviously, that was that was debunked within hours. And so, but but you know, it still spread for a week after that. And then here we have this, which didn't even need debunking because it never. <laughs> it came from an anonymous post on an anonymous website. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, it does need debunking if people are are using school resources mm-hmm. and company resources exactly. to spread it. Yep. And that's what I was going to say, even though it never needed debunking because there wasn't actually any information. There was no source. uh, It still spread like wildfire. But, you know, I will say this, and I was just reading an article about it on that was actually well, uh, well framed on on the time on the New York Times. It has all of the classic elements of 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 other urban legends. Uh Right. Uh, there is a grain of truth to similar things that have happened, like Slender. There were there were a couple of murders based on another meme, Slenderman, uh-huh. a few years which ago, also, right? Which also started as a nonsense thing and evolved it's, into reality. Yeah, this is like another Slender. This is like another Slenderman. Uh-huh. Only there's no proof anyone's actually been harmed by it, right? And uh, the case of Slenderman, there were a couple of crazy people, but. I don't think that the overall trend was as uh-huh. as nutty as right. you know was made out to be. And Slenderman, the thing about Slenderman was that it 
it was almost entirely the internet that that perpetrated that one. Whereas with this one, it was on local news and like it seemed like every time you turned around, there were people saying, look out for this. It's everywhere. And I'm thinking it's nowhere. It's literally nowhere. Didn't the same thing happen with the Tide Pod challenge? A little I think, bit. I don't there there was th- there was some reality to that, but it was it started as a as a joke and then the news made it a thing and then people started doing it to show, look, I'm smarter than But th- this is similar to this is similar to the razor blades and the apple. Which has been right. something that parents have been warned of for decades and there have been zero uh, incidents in ever like <laughs> right but just like this it could happen right right exactly and and the, and the funny thing though is now if it does happen like if somebody does create a momo video like that uh-huh. it may be because of this publicity yep which is what happened with Slenderman. so it it could it could happen and then people who were panicked about it would say see but they may have actually created it right and Let's also keep in mind that there's always a moral panic around things that teenagers are allegedly doing. <laughs> Indeed. Right? I mean, the Tide Pod Challenge, the rock planking, planking, rock and roll, you know, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. That's my favorite. Yes, indeed. Uh, favorite panic, uh, panic, you know, moral panic. Yeah. There was, wasn't there a movie in the 80s with Tom Hanks about. Uh, somebody getting caught up in dungeons and dragons and it and it uh being some kind of horrible cult uh maybe you know that's not that's not ringing any bells for me but that doesn't mean that it doesn't well, exist there's also the famous chick tract about it um you know about the chick tracts right i don't know uh all right i won't bore the audience with this too much i know we've, we've gotten way off the topic <laughs> google chick google chick tracts there was a guy named Jack Chick. He made uh, a whole bunch of uh, pamphlets uh, that portrayed a certain point of view, a certain point of view, uh, and his certain point of view was on all kinds of things about people doing terrible stuff and going to hell for it. And uh, one of his was uh, one of his tracts was on um, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Wow. The the Wikipedia article on this is fascinating. <laughs> anyway, anyway, for the audience, you can Google Chick Tracts if you're really interested in what we're talking about. I love the you idea. You really don't need to, I love don't need the to be idea. I love the idea that it was based on Christian, quote unquote, th- Christian theology, but was also strongly anti-Catholic, <laughs> which is such it a was, strange, like, fence it, to straddle it was they had some viewpoints in those chick tracts that were uh could be quite a quite offensive to a lot of people um i I certainly i certainly publication still exists if that i certainly personally do not support (laughs) support (laughs) the message of the chick tracts i just want to say that (laughs) uh but they are a really good example of incredible moral panic using uh, moral panic for for personal profit yeah 
which which is certainly what the original poster was going for here to get AdSense impressions. Yeah. And it worked until my guess is their host canceled their account. That's that's my theory. Um, I've had several people try and ping the site across the country and nobody can get to it. So my guess is their host took him down. But that's speculation. Anyway, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us live. Uh, we had some people in the chat room tonight. We always appreciate that. Uh, if you didn't join us live, you can try it in the future by going to f5live.tv slash join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you'll be able to chat with us uh, here in the studio. Uh, if you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Plugkidslive.com slash subscribe. You can see all of our shows there, F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Special Events, First Looks, which we've got First Looks coming up, uh, the Orlando Regional in just a couple of weeks. Um, I actually think we're going to be sh trying to shift our day. Normally we do it on a Friday. I think we're going to try and do it on a Saturday this year uh, because of Danielle's schedule. So uh, follow us on Facebook, First Looks, uh, for the schedule on that. Um, and we've got some other stuff coming up over the next... A very short period of time uh, we'll be keeping you up to date on uh, as things start to get closer but for now on behalf of the staff that's not here I'm Scott I'm Aver and we will see you guys back next time ciao <laughs>